The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hello! Happy Tuesday to you all, wherever and however you are. Thank you for joining us and doing so. Audrey Salveson on the mic. Along with me is, of course, uh, who's becoming a regular co-host special guest. Again. Which, you know what? I am absolutely okay with. He is the uh, host of the Aggie uh, post game for men's basketball. Uh, John Russell joins us here on the Full Court Press at 106.9, AM. The Fan, 401 is your kickoff time. We're grateful to have you again, however and wherever you are. John, uh, a lot to get to. Um, uh, the NBA awards were last night. Mm-hmm. We have not one, but two Jazz winners. Well, I guess one of them is a, what would you call that? Uh, In transition. <laughs> there you go. That's, yeah. a probably, that's probably the best way to do it. Rudy Gobert makes history. Um and it's uh, and, and the show was just horrendous, by the way. Really, don't ever let Shaq host your birthday party, <laughs> ever. It would just go it would go wrong. College World Series game one is in the books. Game two tonight at five o'clock. We'll get into that a little bit. Uh, we'll have our stat that blew our mind and our player of the week, also, which I'm excited about. Uh, but let's start off first with the NBA awards. Now, uh, let me ask you before we get into you know who won what and whatnot. Um, are you a fan of this whole awards thing or, I mean, don't you miss like the good old days when they presented the award at the game, Yeah. you know, gave it to you in front of all your whole entire, and usually it was the, the home crowd. Um, I, this award shows, that was a joke. Yeah. I, I actually, I like Shaq. I like Shaq number two. If you watched it, uh, the, <laughs> the one that, uh, Kenny Smith and Charles Barkley interviewed, he was much funnier than Shaq number one. Which is kind of crazy because Shaq can be really funny, but when he tries, that's when it becomes a problem. When it's just when he's just walking into it, it's 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 funny. But uh, yeah, the writers didn't do him any good. Oh no, and then and, and I feel bad for him. But yeah, he's much better just flying off the cuff and doing his thing. And you know, I don't think he can he can function well without Chuck. You know, Barkley's the one that kind of sets Barkley him makes off, him. And, and and that's the difference there. But. Yeah, it was, you know, it's just so awkward. They they have the show. It's after the season's over. All the votes are done prior to the playoffs. So you're sitting back thinking, well, who did this in the playoffs? And what effect did they have on their team? And uh, really what's, what's kind of interesting is you look at all the finalists, and I don't think there were any that were in the finals. Oh, my god! No, gosh. there was one. There was one. Uh, uh, Pascal Siakam. Uh, How about for, that, for the by NBA. the way? Well, let's, we should go through them all because yeah. I, I like your no, no, thoughts no. Uh, on on whether you. To me, it was also a very anticlimactic event in the in the sense that <laughs> we'll go through it, and I don't think you can really argue with any of the winners. Uh, so, so let's go through them one okay. by one. Do you want to start with? I mean, do how do you want to start? Do you want to start with the six man and the like, most, and then get to the jazz guys late, or do you want to start with? The Jazz right off the bat. No, no. Let's uh, let's save the best for last. Okay. So let's start with this, and let's go. Well, in. well, before you do, there were a bunch of player voted awards. Oh yeah. And, and so I'll go through those real quick, please. And uh, and and we can run from there. And some of them you'll agree with, some you won't. Hustle Award, Marcus Smart. Yeah, who cares? Uh, <laughs> Sager <laughs> Strong Award went to Robin Robin Roberts, which is way uh, cool, by which, the way. She's which a was gem. cool. She really is. Um, uh, House of Highlights Moment of the Year. Derek Rose's explosion against oh, the Jazz, man. and I'm thinking, really, that's—I mean—that's a good story. Here's a guy who was the MVP. Uh, you know, everybody said he was going to be the future of the NBA, and just knees gave out on him. He, you know, he blew it, and good for him. But is that the highlight of the year that you can come up with? Come on, and I'm not saying that as a Jazz fan. I mean, I mean, there were lots of other things. NBA Cares Community Assist Award to Bradley Beal for the uh, of the Wizards. And then uh, two that, that kind of, uh, well, one that has a home, or executive of the year, John Horst, the Milwaukee Bucks, you got to give it to him, best NBA record. Uh, did a good job in a small market getting that team together. Uh, the Stokes Teammate of the Year Award and the NBA Sportsman Award. Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to get come back to that one. Okay. Uh, and then the um, Hall of Fame, what do they call it? Lifetime Achievement Award, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. Even that was kind of uncomfortable. You know, we I wanted to see some trash talk in between those two. 
Yeah. And, and they didn't really get into it. There's almost like a time and a place. And I think that would have been the time and the place yeah. that people would have been just fine with it. Because at that point in the wards, you needed something to break it up. It was so boring. <laughs> it was so bad. And it's like, I wanted to hear Bird, you know, some, you know, talking some smack to Magic and uh, back and forth. And it was, it was just a bad award. Hey, uh, award Magic, show. so what? Uh, what's your employment looking like these days? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Any any surprises if it was late? Do you need me to? Do you need me as a reference? I'd be happy to put you down. As a, I'd be happy to say a good word or two for you. And then Magic gets around. Hey, how many times did Jordan beat you? Yeah, once as a player, and then once as an owner. How many trophies do you have there, Larry? Because oh. uh, I got a couple more. Than, yeah, and I don't have an MVP to speak with it. Too. It, it could have been a lot of fun, oh, but it, it was bad. But yeah, a couple of nice uh, uh, things for the Jazz, and we'll get into to one here later on. But for the NBA Sportsmanship and the uh, uh, Stokes Teammate of the Award of the Year Award, they both went to Mike Conley, Jazz point guard, and that Everything was everything that you want in a professional basketball player. Mike Conley's that guy. Do it for each other. Let's go together on three. One, two, three. Together. He's just one of those guys. If you're around him, you're gonna like him. Good job, fellas. Good job. Way to be patient. Finds a way to get everybody involved. You ready to set some random pick and rolls? Go, JJ, go, JJ! Yeah, Rook! Come on, fellas. Let's go, DB. He's tough, he's competitive, he's skilled. You can see what a good leader he is. And you see how his teammates respect him. He's a proven leader. See how hard he works. Leads by example. He's all for his teammates. He's carried us multiple games. One second, Conley's gonna go. Yes. He's just a genuine good guy. He's born for it. We share a lot. We help each other, compliment each other, and we want the best for one another. All his peers that play against him know what type of player he is and, more importantly, what type of person he is. I'm glad, uh, I'm glad I, only, I only had to come up here once. But um, I'd like to thank, obviously, uh, all the players in the league. Um, this is a truly a great honor and accomplishment. Um, you know, a lot of the stuff that uh, you know, I do on the court and off the court, you know, I, I don't really care if I get any kind of recognition for it, but this is really cool. Um, Especially with the guys that are all here in the, here today, I like to thank my family, my wife, uh, my whole team. Uh, they came in today uh, just just for this event. So uh, I really do appreciate it. Um, and Utah, man, I'm looking forward to it. Let's go do something special. So, all right. I wish my mom would look at me the same way Quinn Snyder looked at Mike Conley last night as he was watching <laughs> him get that award. I mean, that's a little I, awkward, man. I, I don't know about that, dude. Did you see? I mean, look, Quinn doesn't smile often. I've interviewed the guy. I've seen him do press conferences, you know, media day, locker cleanout stuff, and he's so intense and so focused, and he's so bright and intelligent. Uh, but the way he looked at Mike Conley, it almost like in his in Coach Snyder's head that he was like. Holy crap! We're gonna have some fun yeah. this fall. Oh, he—you could tell. You, oh, that's my boy, right the there. The wheels spinning right comes. now in his head of what he's got going yeah. on. And I like the little shout out to Utah. I mean, yeah. he and and really, how uncomfortable would that be? I mean, here's a guy, sportsmanship award, uh, you know, teammate of the year <laughs> award, and, and you know, tr- kudos to uh, to Memphis. Apparently, a lot of the guys, most of the team showed up, uh, wanted to, you know, represent. The community represent him, uh, be there for him, and so so that's good. But man, uh, that had to have been pretty awkward. But yeah, you could see Quinn sitting there going, "That's the guy I wanted. That is the guy that's going to run it." And and you hear what they were talking about. Yeah, they were talking about being a great community, uh, a great teammate, and a great involve uh, getting people involved. But he he, you could tell he's a winner. Oh yeah, he's and, competitive. Look, I. Mike Conley, uh, by the way, he's a 12-year veteran. He's 6-1, uh, drafted from Memphis in the first round. He was the fourth pick overall from Ohio State University. He has never, ever got a technical foul in his career, in yeah. his NBA career. And, uh, in fact, we'll hear in just a moment uh, from Mike Conley. He was on the Jalen and Jacoby show on ESPN. We'll, we'll get his, his thoughts on going to the Jazz and what it means to him. Uh, but this guy is so level keel. Like, there is no way up, way down emotional roller coaster with him. It is straight line flat. Yeah. Well, he, you know, that was going to be the question. Uh, uh, that is the question because we haven't had a game played yet. How is this going to affect the team as a whole? Because that was a big thing we heard with the Jazz last year, how tight they were. You know, 
you could say all you wanted, you know, we didn't have this. We didn't have a shooter. We didn't have a stretch. We didn't have a point guard that could score. You say all those things, but the one thing that came back every time was how tight they were. And, and I think that's why, you know, Rubio was so upset when, when it became apparent he wasn't coming back because it wasn't necessarily, you know, the, 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 the Jazz were going in the right direction and I'm not going to be a part of it. I think he was hurt by the fact that these were guys that he liked, that he wanted to hang with, that he, you know, that, that he, they were a team. After listening to, 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 uh, to Conley last night, I think he's going to fit right in. And I think he's gonna he's gonna be able to add not only those basketball pieces that they needed, he's gonna be able to be a part of that team. John, we're gonna get John Russell's thoughts on the trade that the Jazz made because we haven't heard from you yet about it. I'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions on that. We'll get that about the four twenty three mark today after our first break. Uh, let's go to the red carpet where before the show, Mike Conley was asked about uh, his thoughts on being traded to the Utah Jazz. Man, I was actually traveling to my mom's house in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and got off the plane and found out I had got traded. And, um, you know, it just happened so quick. You know, you kind of expected it, but once it happens, you just, all the emotion and feelings come in. But after about 35 minutes or so, it all settled in, and um, I'm, I'm really excited about the new uh, new opportunity. How much slack have you gotten for the Utah City versus Utah State? <laughs> you know, it's an it's a honest mistake. I was I was rushing when I was when I was typing it. I was actually in a place where I couldn't use my phone, and um, I, I made a mistake. But that'll be my last turnover. I promise. Yeah, don't worry. I think if you bring a championship to the city, they'll forget about that, don't you think? I hope so. I yeah. hope so. that's the plan. When you think about the fact that people say now that we have Mike Conley, we're legitimate contenders. What does that make you think? Oh man, it's uh, it's it's crazy because I, I actually haven't like I'm thinking about it the opposite way. Like me coming there and the guys they already have in place, I felt like they were already there, and I'm just I'm just trying to blend in. So um, it's just an honor to you know and humbling that people feel that you know feel that way about me, and um, I'm just gonna try to bring what I can to the team and give ourselves that chance. Mike Conley knows how to say the right things when he needs to, and he did it again there. When you think about it, look, Mike Conley's a very smart NBA veteran. Again, he's been in the league for 12 years, John. But we're talking about a guy who also, at the same time, gets it. He understands how good this Jazz team is as they are constructed. Yes, you lose Jay Crowder, one of your most vocal pieces on the court verbally. He was a guy who would escalate things. You know, you know what? We need a little spark. Come here, Harlan, let me slap you in the face. Start a little bit of a brouhaha. But, but Mike Conley brings his calm and composure. And not to mention, he can score. So, yes, a Jazz were a legitimate contender. Again, we're going to get your thoughts on the 423 mark about your thoughts on the trade itself. But I was funny when he says, you know, I, I, you know, I kind of thought about it the opposite. I was thinking, what, you make the team worse? There's yeah. no way. Mike Conley, I love what he brings to the court in regards of a – calming composure. David Locke's tweet the day of the trade, he said, I've, I've talked to two people who are both within close to Memphis Grizzlies organization, which I'm guessing is within itself, and they both told him, you are getting an absolute stud. Yeah. He, he's done nothing but present himself uh, as the right guy, and and I'm looking forward to it. But we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Absolutely. Let's get on to a couple more awards before we go to a break. Uh... So those, got me here, yeah, John. all all the ones that we uh, we talked about, they were all uh, uh, you know the NBA executive voted awards, and so uh, these and, and player voted awards. The rest of these uh, are were the big ones, and we'll start with the NBA Coach of the Year. Uh, the three finalists: uh, Mike Budenholzer uh, for the Bucks, uh, Michael Malone of the Denver Nuggets, and Doc Rivers of the Clippers. And the winner was. Mike Budenholzer. Now, can I ask you really quickly, what's Doc doing on there? <laughs> well, I don't know. I personally, I think Doc. This was one of his better po coaching jobs because you got to look at you know what they had coming into it. Uh, there were a lot of of guys that really hadn't you know made a name for themselves. He had done well uh, with uh, oh, what's his name got traded to the. Detroit Pistons. See, that's what happens when you go to Detroit. Blake Griffin. Nobody remembers who you are after yeah, that. Blake Griffin. So, you know, he, they they lost Griffin, Chris Paul. You know, they had a lineup there, and I think he did a better coaching job with these guys, which may be a reflection on Griffin and Chris Paul. But I I don't think there was any doubt though. Budenholzer deserved it. Best record in the NBA. Um, led the team to uh, you know a, a, a nice season. 
this one wasn't even close. Mike Boonholzer. Now, here's how the place, first place, or excuse me, how the place votes go in regards to points. First place, you get five points on my votes. Second place is three points. Third place is one point. Mike Boonholzer had 432 total points. Second place was Doc Rivers at 200. That's a runaway. Now, well, he had he had seventy seven of the hundred votes. Yeah. So that the, right there, that just goes to show you a lot of respect. The respect for what he so, did. Yeah. So the theme that we're going to have here, though, in in my opinion, is were there any surprises? Next word up was the Kia NBA Most Improved. Got to got to give Kia, you know, this uh, one. <laughs> of course you do. This one surprised me. Go ahead. So so Pascal Siakam for the Toronto Raptors. Uh, De'Aaron Russell of the. Uh, or excuse me, Tiaran Fox of the Sacramento Kings, and D'Angelo Russell of the Brooklyn Brooklyn Nets, and their winner was Pascal Siakam, and it was eighty six to twelve in first place votes, eighty six to twelve. Yeah, D'Angelo Russell took a Brooklyn Nets team to the playoffs. I don't get why Pascal gets this award. I'm I'm sorry. And escalated his game. I mean, it wasn't just that he took him to the playoffs. D'Angelo Russell. I'm I'm not surprised that Siakam won. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm surprised he won as by as big of a margin as he did because I really thought D'Angelo Russell and and we'll talk about him a little bit more after <laughs> the hour. We definitely uh, will. You know, as to whether he was he was potential trade, uh, you know, a trade option there, a signing option for the Jazz. Uh, but Siakam, I mean, guess, just ran me. ran away with that. So next award we have going on is the uh, NBA Sixth Man Award, Lou Williams. Uh, Montrez, Harrell, and uh, Sabonis. <laughs> I, I can never pronounce his first Lou name. Lou Williams got 96 of the 100 votes. Yeah. And 96 the thing, the, of the 100. The thing that I thought was going to potentially throw them off is both Harrell and Williams are from the Clippers. Yeah. And, and I thought maybe they'd split some votes. But Lou Williams, I think this is his second year in a row, and he's, just, he's a dominant force uh, on the court. He comes in, gives them the offense that, that they need. And- Here's the thing. Lou is 32 years old, and he's been in the league since, uh, good gracious, I don't have it here, uh, 2000, yeah, it's 2005. So he's been in the league for 14 years, and he's still winning his second straight six mm-hmm. man of the year award. That is production at its best. Yeah. And and he deserved it. That one, sure. uh, that one to me was the most obvious. I, I thought that was it. Uh, next award, NBA Rookie of the Year, uh, Luka Doncic, DeAndre Ayton of the Suns. Doncic, of course, from the Mavericks. DeAndre Ayton of the Suns and Trey Young of the Atlanta Hawks. Okay, I go back to the most improved. And I loved what you said. I'm not surprised by who won. I'm surprised by the the space or the mm-hmm. gap that was. Luka Doncic, 98 of the hundred. Mm-hmm. Trey Young got two. Nobody else got a vote in first place. Yeah, I I think Doncic won that from the start of the season. Okay, he cooled down. Yeah, significantly. And, and Trey Young yeah. really got better as the season wore on. Trey Young, I wasn't sure whether he was going to be able to cut it in the end. Well, I shouldn't say cut it. I didn't think he was going to be a factor like a lot of folks thought he was. Uh, just because he's kind of slight in build. I mean, the guy's a scorer. There's no doubt about it. But I thought he was going to get beat up a little bit. And he actually got stronger as the season wore on. Sure did. And so I think he's going to definitely be a factor. But, yeah, Doncic, he won it from the beginning of the year. 100 votes. He gets 90, uh, 98 first-place votes, two second-place votes. Uh, okay, so here's the thing. Chris Stapps Porzingis, as we just heard, Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll probably go back to Dallas. He's going to get a nice, sexy offer. Is that team with Luka Doncic, Doncic uh, Dirk Nowitzki's gone, obviously, but Kristaps Porzingis, with him and KP, is that a playoff contending team or no? No. Not not with just those two pieces. Just because, and we were talking about this before we came on the air. Yeah. It's not that they're not good. It's just everybody else in the West is getting better. Yeah. And that's how it was for the Jazz this past year. They stayed put, weren't a bad team, but everybody else was getting better. Uh, before we get our, to our Defensive Player of the Year, we're going to take a break. Coming okay. back, we are going to announce that. The MVP and the Defensive Player. There you go. We're also going to get Rudy Gobert's thoughts. We're also going to get uh, more on Mike Conley. He was on the J&J show on ESPN this morning. Mm-hmm. He was asked about the Utah Jazz trade. You're going to love his answer. We're also going to get your thoughts, John, on this trade. Should they have waited to talk to guys like D'Lo, Kemba, mm-hmm. and Tobias Harris, who, by the way, Tobias publicly expressed interest in the last two days about how much he liked Utah. Bring him on. Should we have waited? Well, let's bring him on anyway. (laughs) 
<laughs> the John Russell, Aj Salveson. You listen to the Full Court Press, 1069, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. You've got this new hatch filled up with smoke. I got my veins all tangled close to the jukebox bars you frequent. The safest place to hide. 4.22 your time, Ajay Salveson. John Russell filling in for Eric Franson, who's out of town today. He'll be back tomorrow, and then John Russell will be back with me on Friday, if you're willing to come back. I don't know. This has been a little serious. I'm going to have to bring up my comedic game. Just don't bring Shaq, man. <laughs> Whatever you do, do not bring Shaq. Well, I said bring comedic game. Oh, shoot. Hey, by the way, before we continue, I promised I'd give uh, four kids who... Uh, uh, a shout-out who had asked me. They're, they're fans of our show. They're listening today. Um, and I promised I'd give him a shout-out, so can I do that really quickly? Uh, do I have a choice? Cole Finlinson, uh Maddie, uh, Denver Lund, if you're listening, and uh, Scott Sorensen. Thank you for listening to the Full Court Press on 1069-1390 AM, The Fan. They're really good kids. But if I was as mature as them at 18 years old, I probably would have gone a lot further in life than where I'm at now. Uh, when are you going to start being mature? In the oh, it's, just, it's, it's never going to happen. It's over. Game over. Those, those are good kids right there. All right. Hey, let's get back to our NBA awards. So yep. we've, we've, we've done Coach of the Year, Most Improved Player, Rookie of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year. We're down to two. Next up, we're going to do the NBA Most Valuable Player, Giannis, Paul George, and James Harden. Uh, the winner was? The freak. Giannis at 78 votes of the 100. Harden was second at 23. Uh, so Giannis wins the MVP despite falling just short on the defensive player of the year. Yeah. Now, here's my thing. Now, James Harden was phenomenal. When Chris Paul is out, James Harden carried that team. But when you lose to the Golden State Warriors without their best player... You can't be considered an MVP, John. Am I wrong? But, but Help you, me. Yeah, but keep in mind, these words were all done prior to the playoffs. True. But again, it so proved that James it Harden... Season. It proved, though, that Giannis was a lot more valuable than James Harden, even if the votes were done before. Yeah. yeah. The, okay, so good point. Giannis, though, to me, is more of an all-around game. Offensively, defensively, he's two way. stellar. He's a, he's a two way player. But I wanted to come up, bring up a couple of things real quick. First okay. of all, shout out to Rudy. He was the only Jazz player that he actually got a fifth place vote. Fifth place vote. Say that oh, three times did. fast. So I didn't you know, even notice. So that. that's nice recognition. But you know who's just two spots above him, uh, point wise? How does Kawhi Leonard not be in your top five? Kawhi. Now you're arguing he did sit out games during the regular season. 22 of them. 22, so maybe that's what people were thinking. But here's a guy that took a team to the next level. And and you can forget the playoffs. He took the team to the next level. And they were a better team, there's no doubt. Uh, so your top five as far as votes go are um, are Giannis, who, who won. James Harden came in second. Paul George, third. Uh, Nikola Jokic. For Denver was in fourth, and Steph Curry in fifth. What was the rest of the list like, by the way? Uh, after that, you had uh, Lillard, Embiid, Durant, Leonard, Westbrook, Gobert got one vote, and LeBron got one vote. Russell Westbrook got a vote. Was they? He got he got eight eight votes. He, well, I'm sorry, oh, he got eight points. That's awkward. He got two fourth place votes and uh, two fifth place. So, but let's move on to the most important. Uh, Which would be the NBA Defense Player of the Year. Who are the candidates? Candidates were Paul George, Oklahoma City Thunder, Giannis, and... Okay, I went to the dentist today, so I'm not even going to try and say his name today. And Rudy Gobert. The winner was... (laughs) And it's all that matters is your Defensive Player of the Year. Back-to-back years, it is Rudy Gobert. With 65 of the 100 first-place votes, 411 total points. Uh, Second was Giannis. Third, Paul George. And fourth is uh, Embiid. So Rudy Gobert wins your Defensive Player of the Year award. Here is Rudy Gobert at the award show accepting that award. You saw my teammates. You know, uh, I say this all the time, but it's a team game. And, uh, you know, when you have guys that bring it out every night, you know, coming every day with the same focus and, you know, and, uh, and compete like we do, uh, it's inspirational. And, you know, from the coaching staff, Queen, who is just a little competitive, uh, AJ, 
the jazz organization, uh, Miller family. You know, it's, uh, it's just uh, unbelievable for me. You know, uh, my mom that's here tonight. Uh, you know, we came from Lille, hometown in France. Uh, I know it's to you, so I just want to, you know, thank you. Who do you think is harder to understand, Namiya's Keta or Rudy Gobert? <laughs> I think it's still Rudy. And I mean that with all respect to, <laughs> to both men who are monsters in their own selves. Namiya's Keta will be a top 15 pick next year, barring any serious injury. Uh, Rudy Gobert. Now, let me read this list to you. Nine other guys have won multiple NBA Defensive Player of the Year awards. Do you want to take a guess at this, John? Wait, nine others have won multiple defensive players. Go ahead. All right, uh, Will Chamberlain. No. Michael Jordan. No. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. I'm over for 2. Give you one more guess. Kobe Bryant. No. Kawhi Leonard, Dwight Howard, Sidney Moncrief, Alonzo Mourning, Dikembe Mutombo, Akeem Olajuwon, Dennis Rodman, Ben Wallace, and Utah Jazz very own Mark Eaton. In fact, Mark Eaton won it back-to-back. Rudy Gobert... And Mark Eaton, if I read this correctly, are the only back-to-back Defensive Player of the Year winners. Wow. That's impressive. That is a heck of a list right there. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you, with reading that list, is it time to consider Rudy Gobert as one of the greatest defensive players of all time? Yes or no? Uh, all time. I, I think, you know, no. Uh, John, he's a, back, he's a two-time winner of this award, man. All, all time. Yeah. I hate giving all-time awards when you're this early in your career because he's he's got plenty of time left in him. Well, that's what and I'm saying. He he's this dominant. early, and he's already went back-to-back. So what do you do for the three guys that didn't even vote him as one of the top three defensive players in the NBA this last year? 100 votes, he gets 65 first-place votes, 27 second-place votes, and five third-place votes. Three people did not vote for Rudy as a top three as one of the three best defensive players in so the NBA. So who do you think they would have put in front of him, the two other guys? I think it's just a mix. I mean, you had you had people that uh, you know, Day, uh, Draymond Green, Kawhi Leonard, Joel Embiid each got first place votes. So my guess is maybe they voted for Giannis and Paul George afterwards. Who, who knows? But Here, so when I think about this, um, by the way, Rudy Gobert with this award is now available for that for the two max word. deal, yeah. No, not a max, a super max. A super max. He is now available because he has won Defensive Player of the Year back-to-back, is available for over $200 million in a contract. The Jazz, he will expect to get that. The Jazz will have to offer that. It is when they decide to offer him is Mm -hmm. going to be very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. Because in three years, if he makes another All-NBA team again, guess who also will be available for a super max contract? Donovan Mitchell. And by the way, when Mike Conley is done, guess who is available for an extension? You are going to have some financial tension, if you will, pulling that cable a little bit too tight to try to fit all three guys in to make them happy. It is going to be an interesting, like in three years, things are actually maybe two years, things are going to get really, really interesting within the Jazz front office. Well, that's why it's so important. You see what happens the next couple of years is, you know, do, do these guys gel together and, and come together? Uh, you're seeing that. I think what happened in, in Toronto is going to be the way things are going to start happening in the NBA. You get guys that you know you like that are going to be solid and then find that one special piece. Now, for the Jazz, you you know, can you give up Rudy? Can you give up Donovan? No, those no. are, those oh, are no the way. cornerstones yeah, of, the, that's of the team. But does Conley come in? Now, if Conley comes in and the Jazz continue to become a 7 or 8 seed going into the playoffs, they they lose in the first round or maybe win the first round go on to the second, that's not going to be worth that. Now, do I think he can make a difference? Yeah, with, without a doubt. But it's not happened yet. Once I, it happens, different story. I will say this. As good as Mike Conley played last year, what he's getting paid this year to play for the Jazz is extremely overpaid. Mm-hmm. Is a lot more money than he's probably worth right now. I want to see what he does inside the Jazz system to make me say, all right, you're worth the money that we're giving you. 
And maybe he will. Maybe he'll come out and he'll be absolutely awesome and he'll elevate this team, as Tony to Jones me, says, to me, the only, a top three team. The only question to me is, does Conley stay healthy? If he stays healthy, he doesn't. That's my only worry. And, and you know, we can, we can chat about this here in a little bit, but that's the worry I have is how many games does he play? Does he play in 42, 52, or does he play in 78? And I, I got no problem with him sitting out some back-to-backs, especially as you're getting later in the season. I want him fresh. I want him ready for the playoffs. But if he, you know, if he tweaks a hamstring, if he, you know, throws his, his shoulder out, you know, trying to rub off a pick and, you know, pops a shoulder and, you know, he's out 10 games, that's what I'm worried about. So, again, just to re, uh, recap your uh, your player-voted awards, uh, the Timon Stokes Teammate of the Year Award, Mike Conley. Sportsmanship Award, Mike Conley. The Community Awards uh, go as like this. NBA Cares Community Assist Award, Bradley Bill. House of Highlights Moment of the Year, Tarek Rose putting a, uh, a nice 50 on the Utah Jazz. Special NBA <laughs> Awards Honors, uh, Lifetime, Achievement, uh, Lifetime Achievement Award, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. Say Your Strong Award, Robin Roberts. Hustle Award, Marcus Smart. I, I don't know why. NBA Coach of the Year, Mike Budenholzer, NBA NBA Most Improved Player. It goes to Pascal Siakam. Defensive Player of the Year, Rudy Gobert. Sixth Man of the Year, Lou Williams. Rookie of the Year, Luka uh, Doncic. And the NBA, Kia's Most Valuable Player of the Year, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Before we step aside for a second, any surprises? Yeah, Pascal. I, I, I still think D'Angelo Russell was better and more valuable to the Brooklyn Nets than Pascal was to Toronto. Yeah. I, I no I. That's the only the only surprise I have, but it's only in the in how big he won by. All right, uh, you know what? Before we go, let's play the Mike Conley on Jane Jay. Is that okay? Yes. Oh, well, let's play it. This is Mike Conley on Jalen and Jacoby. Uh, they these two guys annoy me to no end. So what I tried to do is just cut it to Mike Conley. Uh, this is just a quick question of you know you're being traded Utah. Your thoughts on it? You saw my teammates. You know. Uh... Wrong guy. Hold on. Let's try that again. <laughs> Rudy, we love you, but, man, I cannot understand a word you are telling me. All right, here's Mike Conley. Well, things just got competitive in the West because Mike Conley Jr. just got traded to the Utah Jazz. And he's going to be running with Spider Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, just won Defensive Player of the Year. What was your reaction to being traded to Utah? Man, um, I was excited, honestly. I'm very excited for a new opportunity. Uh, I'm going to miss Memphis. You know, it's it's all I know. been there for 12 seasons and it's going to be hard leaving but you know going to Utah uh, with the team that they have in place uh, the coaching staff they have in place organization you know it's just going to be a fun opportunity for us to, to contend and and hopefully um, you know do something special so I'm excited for the opportunity to make those guys better and and, and, and vice versa. Always take the opportunity to make sure people put some respect on your name averaged over 20 this year and that right-handed floater is like your trademark move. So talk about teaming up with Donovan Mitchell and how dynamic that backcourt can be this season. Well, I think it'll be special, honestly. I think that, you know, he's a he's a really good dude. Um, he's really willing to learn. He wants to be the best at his position and one of the best players in the league. And um, he's a two-way guy, and, and that's right up my alley. I love guys who really take pride defensively um, but can also go get it on the offensive end. Um, I think just having me around will be able to, to ease the burden on him a little bit, make his game that much more uh, efficient and better for him and, and for the team, uh, to the team's success. So hopefully uh, we'll just learn how to play, play off of each other, um, you know, quicker, uh, you know, than, than later, I guess. Something really key he said there that I loved hearing and I could listen to a thousand times, that Mike Conley himself saying, I can ease the burden for Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, how nice is it that you don't have to rely on, like, when Donovan gets doubled, kicking out to a Ricky Rubio, 14% from deep, three. And you know everybody's going to back off on him, and and rightfully so. Oh, they're going to let him shoot away. You know, oh, Rubio for three, rightfully fire so. away. And when Joe Ingles was as cold as he was, Kyle Corver looked exhausted, really exhausted, towards the uh, end of that first round of the playoffs versus the Houston Rockets. A guy like Mike Conley, who's not afraid to get aggressive, when it comes to scoring, is something that the Jazz are going to be delighted to see. And I'm telling you, when Quinn Snyder watches film of Mike Conley before that trade happens, his head had to be spinning with like ideas, thoughts, mm-hmm. game plans, motions, cuts, angles, all that. For Mike Conley to be able to get the looks he can get, for Joe, uh, for, for Donovan, 
It, I mean, it's just going to create a lot of different options for a Jazz team who is really going to be good defensively and maybe more lethal offensively, which is crazy to say. All right, we're going to go to break. Uh, we're going to come back. We'll talk J.C. Carroll. Before we get to the Mike Conley trade stuff from John Russell, we're going to snap aside and go into the call or, I guess, the Europe aspect of it. And J.C. Carroll, how about this guy? Uh, winning, helping win his team, or excuse me, helping his team win another championship. Where would you rank J.C. Carroll among the greats in Utah State? And has he surpassed your expectations after he left college? As John Russell, he's a he's a host of the uh, Aggie Basketball uh, Post Game, and uh, I'm Audrey Salveson. You're listening to the Full Court Press on 106.9, 1390 AM, a fan. The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, the fan. In the past between these two clubs. Yuli Sotro, Matt Garambet, Fernandez. Rudy Bernito, rebound, Yuli Nemoros, Tigonia, Benny Mesa. Pass it for JC Carroll, glance at the three. JC Carroll! My God, believable! Passe de l'eau! Passe de l'eau! C'est phenomenal! And this over is the thing of all of the Real Rasta! Rasta Yal! Vio Midena, the Real Madrid, me apiste to tropo. So, uh, there's a clip that has the highlight of J.C. Carroll hitting the game-winning three with 1.9 remaining to defeat Barcelona. Uh, it's in Russia, Lat- Latvia, Africa, Finland, Cyprus, Greece, and then there's the English part. But I like this one. I like that version. Uh, it's awesome. And, and uh, you know, I, I love you don't understand what they're saying. I know. I just, hold on. Then they shoot out J.C. Carroll. <laughs> I love it. Uh, no, I'm with you. I, I I think it's great. J.C. Carroll hits a game-winning three with 1.9 remaining to defeat Barcelona. Um, they were down by seven with less than a minute left. Down by seven. Now, Barcelona was livid with the officiating, by the way, which which team, when they lose that closely, is not a, upset with officiating. What do you know? Uh, but, surprise, surprise. Yeah, right? Just ask the uh, – what? who was it? The, Cameron. Uh, Cameroon. Yeah, there Soccer you go. Team. Yeah, there you go. Um, but J.C. Carroll, uh, you know, look, nothing new. The guy was a sharpshooter at Utah State. The guy still was a sharpshooter in uh, the Euro League. By the way, let me ask you something. Do you think that J.C. Carroll, if he was offered an NBA contract, would come here? Or do you think he's got things pretty well made over there in Europe? At this point, no. I, I think he's got just things are going too well for him. He's got a great career. He's making great money for him. Uh, for himself and, and his family. He's taking care of him. A lot of uncertainty. I, I think if you'd gone back a few years, maybe. And that, that's a great question. How long do you sit back? I, I would imagine that deep down, there's always that desire to be playing, uh, you know, in the NBA. That's, that is every ball player's ultimate goal. Come here, be able to play in Madison Square Garden and, uh, you know, have that experience. That's what it's all about. But he's done well for himself and and uh, made a great career. He's he's won multiple championships. Got to the final four of the Euro League. Uh, they didn't win that, but uh, you know, just another phenomenal season for Real Madrid. By the way, the guy who got the offensive rebound on the missed free throw, none other than Rudy Fernandez, the great uh, Spain Olympic player who gave team or excuse me, redeemed Team USA in two thousand eight a run for its money yeah. to win that gold medal without Ricky Rubio. If they have Ricky Rubio, they'd probably beat Team USA. Rudy Fernandez kept him in it. He was phenomenal in that game. He was phenomenal in this one as well. As the uh, so wait, who did, he, he plays for who? I hate to say that. Who? Uh, Jason Carroll, Real Madrid. Oh, Real Madrid. And they beat Barcelona Lassa. Seven point lead with a minute left. How do you not finish that? Ask. Uh, uh, no, don't you dare. Don't you? I know where you're going with where, this. Where would that be? Don't you? Don't you dare do it. Larry Bird. Larry Bird. <laughs> Ask ask Larry how it's done, and he'll he'll tell you. <laughs> or ask Reggie Miller. Oh, yeah, dude. Reggie did eight it points too. in nine seconds. Yeah, I love that thirty for thirty. Okay, kids, all you kids out there, look up Larry Legend. Uh, uh, you oh, know, come back and look up uh, Reggie oh. Miller. Come back. Was Larry's against the Hawks? Who was his against? Who Larry? Yeah, 
That was the playoffs. Wasn't that the, the uh, we'll have to look that up. I, have to, I swear it was against Atlanta, though. No. It was the playoffs. Sure? Wasn't it the Lakers? Maybe it was. I don't know. All right. So, uh, again, congratulations to J.C. Carroll. Uh, again, he's doing great things in Europe. Um, you know, I when I saw J.C. Carroll leave, I thought this kid be, could become something. I don't think he would have been much in the NBA. And I'm going to mm-hmm. say that based on the fact that I didn't think he could play defense in the right. NBA. Yeah. He just couldn't. There was no doubt he was a scorer, but there's there's You tons have to of be able to stay in front there. of the guy on the other side of the court. Yeah. Because you can't just stand on the other side well, and wait for the ball. Two either. words, Jimmer Fredette. No, don't. Don't you dare. Jim, what do you don't. mean? I'm, Stop I'm it, telling John. like it is. Hey, John. you know what? Jimmer can how many how many shots did he put up that one game for Phoenix? It was like four hundred and twelve <laughs> in two minutes. I mean, every time he got the touch the ball. <laughs> Jimmer, Jimmer and Stefan maybe Marbury. Oh, I forgot about that guy. You know, they're gonna they're gonna live life well in China. Um Hey, I gotta ask you, better shooter, Jimmer Fredette or JC Carroll? Ooh. I- I'd take JC. I take Jimmer. Really? Jimmer could create better. Wait, you're than just JC giving could. me grief for bringing that up, and now you're gonna take Jimmer? I thought you were going a different direction, but it were good. Oh. But I take Jimmer Fredette over JC Carroll. And because Jimmer Fredette could create on his own really well. J.C. Carroll on the drive wasn't as good. But he was smarter. Simply by the fact that he went to Utah State over that other school. Okay, yeah. Tr- okay. So that, that okay. right there says it all. Sure, sure, <laughs> absolutely. If you're going to play that game, I'm taking J.C. No, Jimmer, Jimmer was a phenomenal shooter. But for me, a better teammate, I would have I taken J.C. Because J.C. got other people involved. Yeah, was he as, as good at creating? Maybe not. But I'll tell you what, I'd want the ball in his hands because Jimmer had it in his hands. You knew what was going to happen. It was it was it was James Harden. He was going to sit on it. He was going to he was going to back it off, and then he was going to try try and drive. And yeah, he'd make some shots. But JC, I saw a lot of nice passes JC made. That's true. JC could feed the ball to anybody anywhere on that court. And think about it. And and what other show do we segue from JC Carroll to Michael Jordan? But think about. What Michael, you know, Jordan hit amazing shots, but think about some of the best plays he made. It was the kickoff to Paxton, the kickoff to Kerr, yeah, who was wide open. Everybody knew Jordan's got the ball. Harden's not going to do that, and that's part of what I think costs Harden the, the NBA title or the the most valuable player title. He didn't have anybody to give the ball to. Yeah, like no. John Paxson and Steve Kerr. I mean, they were they were dead. John shooters. Paxson's a little bit of a better three point shooter than Austin Rivers is, mm-hmm. and Steve Kerr is definitely a better three point shooter than Austin Rivers is. But but they never had a chance to shoot, and you knew it was the giant sucking sound of the ball going into Harden's hand. That was the end of it. You, and what and, are you talking about? James Harden was the best ISO player in the game, and you know what? When he knew that Chris Paul would mess it up, when he knew that Tucker was going to airball three from the corner, I or, or that Eric Gordon was going to turn it over, you you had nobody when all else. All season long, you, you had not nobody had a else chance to shoot the ball, and then it's like you have oh, nobody what's this else. Round thing. There's this giant orange round thing in my. Oh yeah, I'm playing basketball. No, Harden. Harden. I, I would not want Harden on my team. Harden's the best scorer in the league. Sure. But nobody else can score and you don't win. Who's it's, wearing the ring? Nobody how else many can rings, score. That's not how his How many fault. rings does Harden have? How many don't rings? Don't blame the rings on him. It's don't. all on no, him. Don't, it no, it's all not. On him. Mike D'Antoni's not a great coach. He didn't have a lot of help, and he had a whiny Chris Paul, which, by the way, we're starting to figure out how bad it was. No, you're wrong. I, no, I'm you not. You are wrong. No, I'm not. That's not on Harden. <laughs> It may some of it is on Harden. Sure. A percentage, yes. 15, 20, 30, 40. 95. Sure. Less than 50. <laughs> oh, you're just trying to stir it up. That's fine. But I ain't taking it. I ain't biting into this bait. Because you uh, know I'm right. No, you're not right. And but that the, going back to the original the original comment there. Yeah, I mean for that great shooter, great scorer. But but when it came down to it. That's what, you know, and I've made this comment on the show many times. Kobe Bryant, uh, really appreciate him now that he's retired. He, you know, he, he was a guy you love to hate, but, but you know, one of the all-time greats, without a doubt. You can't argue that. 
But when did the Lakers play best? When he was under control. When he scored 40, 50, 60 points, they struggled. But when he played within a system, and you know that Kobe was going to get his 30, but I would have much rather let him have, say, you know, go ahead and have 45, Kobe, when we can shut down Pau Gasol, when we can shut down uh, Lamar Odom, who was a heck of a ball player. Crazy. When he crazy. wasn't on drugs and he was sober, yes. Crazy as they come. Uh, super good ball, ball player. You know, he ran off Shaq. I mean, that's that's where you don't realize, look, dude. Kobe didn't run off yes, Shaq. Yes, he did. Shaq's ego ran no, off Shaq. No, no, no. Yes, absolutely. Kobe didn't run off Shaq. Yes, he Why did. Why would Kobe run off the best center of all time? Because he was bigger than everything else. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to have a headache. We got to go to break. We're still off topic, and we still got to do our stat and player of the week. Um. This is going to be a conversation we're having off air, and it's not going to turn bright, so we got to turn off the mic. They're really starting to tick me off. All right, John Russell. Uh, he's a host of the USU men's basketball postgame show. You can find that on 610KVNU. And I can't wait for, for winter. Basketball season is going to be an absolute blast. Uh, I'm, I'm chomping at the I bit. saw Abel Porter today and had a chance to talk with him, and I can't tell you how excited he is about a really fun season ahead of us. All right, coming back, we're going to get you wrapped up here, put a pretty ball on it, call the show, and uh, we'll get you our player and stat. That blew our minds. It's all coming up on the Full Court Press. John Russell, Audrey Salveson, 1069-1390M, The Fan. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069-FM, 1390-AM, The Fan. Four fifty-two. John Russell, the host of the Utah State men's basketball uh, postgame show. You can find it on six ten KVNU. Uh, you know, John, when I, when I think about basketball season, I just I can't wait for your show to come back yeah. on because it's going to be hey, big wins against these kind of quality basketball teams. Obviously, Nevada, San Diego State will be there. Uh, I can't wait. Basketball season cannot come soon enough. You know, it, it's such a great opportunity. Love hearing from the fans, but but especially love having Al Lewis. Uh, you know, I, I just ride his coattails. He has <laughs> such a wealth of information and, and so many uh, things that he knows. And and not only is he experienced, but it, the, the great basketball knowledge he has. And so, uh, yeah, Al Lewis, uh, man, he is he is the man. And uh, it's just a great opportunity to sit back and uh, take take in all his wealth and information of information. Uh, let's go and get to it. Player of the week and sat that blew our mind. We got about two minutes left. Uh, which John, one's first? Go, go ahead, you go first. No, no. Which? Oh, the, uh, let's do player of the week. Uh, my player of the week is is uh, Zach Grinky, pitcher for oh, the Arizona hey, Diamondbacks. Yeah. Now he's here's a guy that he actually he lost his his last uh, well his last pitching uh, turn he got a no decision. The one prior to that he lost, uh, but on the year he's really having a phenomenal season. Uh, so far this year, pitching he's got an ERA of 3.08, which is which is really solid. He's eight and three on the season, doing really well. But his batting line is what I want to talk about. The guy is batting 306. This is a pitcher batting 306. He has three home runs, a double, and a triple. Come on, get this though, AJ. You'll get this, and you baseball fans will get this. He has an on-base, uh, uh, a slugging percentage of .667 and on, uh, 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 what do you call it? On-base percentage? On-base per- of 1.009. <laughs> there you go. That's a pitcher. That's my player of the week. I also have a pitcher. He's in college. Luke Smith of the Louisville Cardinals, who threw a heck of a game against Vanderbilt, then got himself in trouble by talking to the dugout at the wrong time. Ten strikeouts. He gave up two earned runs. Uh, the last one coming up on a double in the eighth inning, or excuse me, in the ninth inning um, versus their top of the lineup. He was phenomenal, though. Really, really, really good. Your stat that blew your mind, John. Yeah. Stat that blows my mind is coming up uh, uh, U.S. women's soccer team oh, uh, man, is getting game. ready to Woo. play France uh, on the 28th. I think that's Friday. Yes. Uh, the last loss the national team had in international play was to France. On January 19th of 2019, in their last two years, 
the the women's team is twenty nine wins, four draws, one loss. Oh my gosh! They they are absolutely dominant. But this is going to be a whale of a game. Uh, if you are a a fan of good competitive sports, watch this game. The 2019 Dodgers are the sixth team in MLB history to hit a walk-off home run in three straight games. On June 23rd, it also marked the fourth time a Dodgers rookie hit a walk-off home run in the season. That is the most walk-off home runs by rookies for a single team in MLB history. Hello, L.A. Crazy. Crazy. They're, they're, they're good again. They are. And you know what? They're your... I think it's going to be Houston and L.A. in the World Series again, but you're going to enjoy it. That's going to be a seven-game series full of fun. Yeah. Ball's going to be flying around the park. Without a doubt. Uh, baseball season's here, but uh, football right around the corner, and then basketball. Can't wait. It's good to be an Aggie. Uh, John, thank you. I'll see you Friday, right? You will. Uh, we still need to get your thoughts on the Conley trade. Let's do that on Friday. I want to I get a breakdown. Should they have waited for, for guys like Russell, guys like Kemba Walker, guys like Tobias Harris, who has expressed interest that he likes Utah. And now he's unaffordable because you still have Derek Favors. Yeah, I mean, you have to get rid of some guys. It's just not going to work. I can't wait to get your thoughts on that. You bet. All right, for John Russell, I'm Object Salveson. Eric Franson's back tomorrow on a What Would You Do edition of the Full Court Press. We'll be talking about the Mike Conley trade. We'll be talking to you about the College World Series. Game three starts in about four minutes. Or excuse me, game two starts in about four minutes. Michigan, Vanderbilt on ESPN. Enjoy your evening. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Giannis Adetokounmpo walked away with the MVP last night at the NBA Awards Ceremony. It's been a while since he played, so you might not remember how dominant the Greek freak was this season. If the voting had been after the postseason, who knows? Maybe Kawhi Leonard would have taken home the hardware. The reality of today's league is there are several worthy candidates. Start with the other two finalists, James Harden and Paul George. They were awesome this year. The Warriors star, Steph Curry and Kevin Durant right there. If LeBron wasn't injured back in December, he might have been there as well. Nikola Jokic and Damian Lillard deserve to be in the conversation as well. And I'm not saying any of this to take away from Giannis's accomplishment. His MVP was well-earned. But it's a testament to the sport and that there are so many players right now that are playing right there with him and rightfully can be called MVP-type players this past season, as long ago as that was. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.